This is Open Encounters. Hear the voices of the people who have crossed the Mediterranean Sea. Now they're on their next journey of settling their lives in Italy and beyond. Their voices on Open Encounters from migrants of the Mediterranean. I have a knife and I take it out and I will not put it back again until I, I pay back. And you did? I did it. I did, I did it, and after I run, I regret. Welcome back to Open Encounters. That was Babukar describing the moment he killed a man in the Gambia. It was the night before he fled, and it was the reason he fled. But I want to stop it there, because what this conversation is about more than the fact that he killed someone is actually a coming to terms with having people in my life who have committed such crimes and still caring about them anyway. For me, this is about making sure there are people in your life who have experiences different than yours. Now, let me be clear. I do not condone killing. I'm not saying murder is okay. So let me set the record straight there. What I'm saying is that if you can find compassion, even for people who are considered the worst in society, think of how easy it is to find compassion everywhere else. We need others from what we perceive as either good or bad to show us parts of the human experience we do not know ourselves. We have to see this so we see humanity in full dimension. The course of life we live as Americans, Europeans, which is the primary audience here on the podcast, is not just what we experience. There are societal and cultural pressures that exist outside of our knowing that make things as they are elsewhere. That includes even Babu and his story. When I listen to the playback of our conversation, I find myself shrinking for how naive I sound to what he describes. This is because I have not ever known, at least as far as I know, a killer or a murderer. I understand that people more familiar with West African and Gambian culture will know keenly that the circumstances Babu was up against at the time of this incident were not only a matter of his losing his temper. There are tribal conflicts to account for, which he describes briefly and so many other cultural nuances that even now I do not have a grasp of to tell you. I believe that these things cumulatively are what put Babu in the position he was in in that definitive moment, a moment he says he thinks of every day with regret. Now look, I cannot exonerate his crime. That is not my purpose here and it is not my place. What I'm asking as you listen is to merely try to approach without judgment. What happens when you find yourself feeling sympathy for the person you've been taught not to have sympathy for? Therein lies the drive behind everything we do at Migrants of the Mediterranean. Lastly, I have to mention our holiday fundraiser underway right now until the start of the year. Please make a donation. Go to the site www.migrantsofthemed.com and click the donate button. Your contribution really keeps this work going. It helps me keep producing the essential human stories you hear on the Open Encounters podcast and in the writing you see on the site. So please donate for the holiday season, donate anyway, and share it with your friends. The more eyes on the fundraiser, the greater the success it will be. Thank you. And now, finally, here is me and Babu. To Babu listening, in spite of anything, you're my brother. Thank you for being so vulnerable and trusting me with your story. Here we are in Padova, in September 2019, in conversation. 
the river is better than to go back to Libya. To die in the sea. Yeah, because you 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 suffer once, but in Libya, before you die, you suffer, you suffer, you encounter difficulty. They will beat you. They will not give you food. They will not give you somewhere to even to peace yourself. So then, what happens when you're when you get to the hot spot on Lampedusa Island, like around the time I met you? Yeah, I read in Lampedusa. You're waking I was, up, wondering where you yeah, are. Yeah, I wondering. I mean, somehow in Italy, but it's too far from Italy. Euro told me yeah, too that when yeah, he woke so, up the first night, he yeah, thought he was in Libya. Yeah. So when I read Lampedusa, it was night. So they rescued us. It was 11. I can say 11:30 to 12 o'clock. So before we they take our fingerprints, it was daybreak. Mm -hmm. So we keep, we we were we don't eat since that six o'clock they push us four o'clock in the night that four o'clock in the eat. morning you leave yeah, Libyan Libya. you leave the Libyan coast. So, okay, the Italians speak us in six o'clock in the evening. In the evening, we don't eat throughout that day. So we continue until that day. Another day for ten o'clock breakfast, we start eating. Ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The next day. The next day. Because they picked you up. They picked you up at six o'clock. Mm -hmm. But then you weren't back on the dock in Lampedusa, and then at the hot spot doing your fingerprints. Yeah. Until around eleven o'clock. Ten, ten, eleven. Ten or eleven. Yeah. And then you went to bed. Yeah. And then you waited to eat until. Yeah. The next morning. Next morning. Yeah. Sad. So hard. And when you got to Lampedusa, do you remember how many people were in the hot spot with you? Yeah, I can remember because there's a list over there. When you go, you look at how many people are there and how many people will board this week. They will put the names on the boards. So And that was I, that was Easter weekend yeah, when you got there. Yeah, Easter weekend. So I went to look at their tabula. Ooh. That so was, I see that there is a thousand plus people over that camp. That's what I remember too. Yeah, it's thousand plus people on that camp. You know and what I remember? Camp, that was the debate. The, the, the rooms where full people were sleeping. Even me, I'm sleeping outside with my crew, Yoro and Usman. You know, Usman, you guys got those yeah, mattresses we, we and get slept our on the ground. Out, we start to sleep there. Yeah. We start to that sleep. you know what I remember about that weekend is just helicopters. Yeah. All all night taking off and going out to sea for exactly. rescue. You? It was yeah, I mean I I was just I was just on the mainland there. Okay. Watching it all go on night after night. Okay. It was incredible that weekend. Yeah, that weekend is terrible. A lot of people reading Italy in that it was just one boat after another coming to the dock. Exactly because that day when we were reached there we were five boats. Because, yeah, there is two. They picked two up a lot board, of people. Uh, two boats before us. Okay. So after then, another, we were three, so another two came. The following day, another three boats came. Yeah. So, but different, different jetters, not like our jetters only. Yeah, different jetters, Zaburata. You know, they use different jetters to push people over Europe. The different camp, the different yeah. seaside camps. Yeah, Zabrata exactly. You know, they have different, different. Uh, different bosses, you know, when you belong to this boss, you will do his thing over that seaside. Yeah. So there are some people who they will not have boat, they will not have machine, but they want to push people inside the water because they will go inside the water, they catch the ones that have machine and the good things, 
they will take you to the prison and they put their people inside that boat. They escort it up to international and they, they call rescue when they come. They, they take the machine out of the boat. They take they the engine the out of the boat. Once so okay. So the, the, so the traffickers know mm -hmm. to just get you to international water. Yeah, because at that they, point they can cut the engine. Yeah, because they give you, you compass. And understand that there'll be somebody there around to rescue. Yeah. 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 Because uh, in the boat you have a compass. Mm -hmm. Whenever you wear, it will give you direction. Whether you are going good direction or not bad direction. But when you reach at international, the computer will, uh, the, the compass will show you that now you are in international water. Oh, really? You are out of Libya. So that's time you start calling you rescue. Call. Yeah. Because when you are inside the sea of Italy, uh, Libya, you call the Libyan police speak. Right. So they will come for you guys. And that's not what, that's, why that's we, not the outcome they you don't, want. They, they always told the, comp, uh, the captain and the compass man not to call. Except they until you get to international. Yeah. Who was the compass man on your boat? My compass man was one of the boy. It's a Gambian too. I don't know him in Gambia, you don't but know. during our stay in the camp, we were family. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we were family. You know, Gambia is is Buba and Babu, so it's, <laughs> it's likewise we are family. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's likewise we are family. All right, let's talk about your life here now. Um, because it's it's so different and you've had a lot of success i mean where are you working i'm working in mistrino farnaci and that's a restaurant in, in a big restaurant not small restaurant a big restaurant with people with no big hearts you know everybody love each other really during, yeah during the work time everybody love each other so you keep finding family everywhere you go yeah everywhere i go you know i'm ever like that i have a sense that it has more to do with you mm. than perhaps the people around you <laughs> no but <laughs> it's normal <laughs> for me it's normal for me you know you know always you know one thing i have in my mind that whatever goods you do will reflect on you one day that's why me i always remember these words yeah, yeah. anywhere i go i must be a family yeah yeah like for nike for me i can say i'm the luckiest guy so far in for nike why like a that? black working in that restaurant they give you all the private period everything you are using there they give you they give you food you are not paying they give you coffee, you are drinking, even alcohol, if I want, I drink it, I don't pay it. And I have a couple of questions. First of all, mm -hmm. I'm curious about the words you use to describe yourself. You call yourself a black. <laughs> because, you know, in the country I am forced. In, in Gambia? In Italy. In Italy. In Italy. Because they are not good with us. I can't say, but for me, I will not say that because I find myself in a family whereby everybody like each other. So you're saying that mm. that you know that there's a bit of racism in Italy, but you personally 
don't experience that in your normal daily life when you go to work and live your life. No, I never, I never experienced it. Yeah. I never experienced that in Italy here. Me, I never, because I don't have time to go out and, you know, play with people like that. Because only day I have to off is Monday. So that Monday, I have a lot of things to be doing. What are you doing on Mondays? Monday, I go to supermarket first. <laughs> That's the basic thing. So I go for shopping, for my oh. weekly shopping. What are you buying there? Are you getting like, are you making Gambian dishes when you go cook at, cook yes. at home? Yes, I make Gambian, some like a Benachin, Domoda, but now I'm used to the Italian food. You are, so you're cooking more, Italian? More than this Benachin now, because me now I eat pasta more than anything like. <laughs> welcome home. Yeah, welcome home. Here is my second home. <laughs> um, and. But, but let me ask you again, though, about this, this word that you use to describe yourself, because you said, you said you called yourself a black. Yeah, I'm a black. But is that something that you would say about yourself if you were in the Gambia? No. You would call yourself just a guy? A person. A person. Do you think it would be okay to call yourself that here in Italy? Yes, because sometimes I see myself in a different mode, like when I enter the bus, there are these transport, the public transports, even not a private, but a public transport. You see a seat free, like black is sitting. Because of black is sitting, you never sit, you stand. You see five, six people standing, there is a chair, whereby only black is sitting. So if there is a black person sitting in a seat, yeah, they will not come. Italians get on the bus; they yeah. will all just stand somewhere else and not yeah, somewhere sit next to him or so her. So sometimes I feel myself, yes, because I'm black. And so, so you, so you, as you said, you, yeah. you feel yourself as I a black. I feel myself in that situation. So you do feel separate and apart. No, anyway, I I just look at them. They are maybe some of them they never travel. They, they don't know the right of humanity. Because for me, whether you are black or Indian or white or yellow or color, me, I treat everybody as equal. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to kid anybody. Right. That's my principle. So what is the, does that have any effect on you though? When you, I mean, when you see something like that, I mean, it seems to me it, it lies there in the language when you have this phrase that you use to describe yourself. I mean, yes. you describe yourself by the color of your skin. Yeah, yeah, because sometimes, you know, we the black, mm, we, we have some sense of mentality that we are living in a society whereby we are not like, we are not welcome. Uh, so you don't feel welcome. Yeah, we don't see the, you know, welcome. So. Sometimes if you see that type of thing, you say that, ah, I'm the one who come. When I go back to my country, nobody will diss me. So right. this is the principle <laughs> I always get. Right. Yeah, this is the only thing I get. Well, this is interesting because this there is still a bit of a contradiction in there because at the same time that you're calling out this difference and you and you say that you have to use this word because that's how you are seen here, yeah. not as a person, not as a guy, but yeah. as a quote-unquote black, yeah. that it automatically shows that there's a lack of acceptance yeah. and you're not totally a part of society exactly but then at the same time when I talk to you about your individual experience like your normal day-to-day -day, 
yeah. going to work. And you say you have this family who looks after you there. Yeah. I mean, so it sounds like on a very intimate level, you have acceptance and people say at work, at the restaurant you work at, for example, yeah. aren't looking at you as somebody who's other and different, but just as a guy who's part of the family there, right? Exactly. But when we pull out and see it on a larger scale out in the world here, then you start to feel that difference a bit more? Yeah, I like to feel like Monday if I go out, I sometimes see different. Sometimes, you know, where I am living, there is in the downstairs, there is a coffee shop. Every day I normally take my breakfast before I go work. But, you know, the owner of the shop, he liked me so much. He liked to joke with me. You know, he asked me whether I have job. I say I'm already on job. So he asked me, where do you work? I told him that I work in Fortnite. Now we become... But the people who used to come there, they are so hypocrite. Because of... The other customers? They see the interaction between me and that guy. Uh-huh. You understand? And Every they... time if I go, they, he will hug me. He will just... But they feel some differently. Sometimes I may be sitting, you see, somebody will just look at me, that bad eyes. They'll give you a, yeah. a bad look. Yeah, but I, I told myself uh, this is normal. Me, this is normal for You've me. You've accepted that as yeah. normal. It's normal. It's normal. You're not, or just as it's just that you're yeah. not surprised. You know, it's not a surprise because when you have been traveling, you leave your country for so long. You have been traveling in other parts. Even Africa, there is racism. Even we are all black. Like I can say, when you leave Gambia, you leave Senegal, you start going to Mali. You see yourself different way. Yeah. As a black, and they are black, but you see us. They will treat you as a like foreigner, come like somebody. They don't care about you. The color, they don't care about you. Because your color yeah. is different than their no, shade. The, maybe like, the language is different. Okay, the language. But we have the same color. Okay. We have the same color, but the language barrier is the most. Because they're speaking French in Mali. No, I don't speak, but I can speak the, uh, the Malian language. And is that like, is Bambara, it like Wolof? In Bambara. It? It's just like Maninka, but it's different. It's uh, more difficult than Mandinka. Okay. So, <laughs> but when you speak, when you are Malian and Mandinka, you speak. Maybe I'll pick some of the words. But me, I can speak their language. Okay. Because, yeah. Right. I can speak there because their language, they, the people in Mali, they were in our country. So I decide, you know, I'm a businessman. I try to <laughs> speak language, you know. Yeah. So I don't have children. When you come to the market, I joke with you in your in your language. Yeah. If I speak with you, if I know that you are American, I speak with you direct English, <laughs> not all of an order. So. Well, that's a good thing because mm. Americans don't know all of. Amela, very interested. So, so right now, then you've got uh, the visa that you have here to stay. It's not final yet. You still, you said you still have to go back to Commissione to commit your commission hearing. Yeah, I went back to commission, but the results must be maybe the May. In May, you'll go back. Yeah, in May they will tell my result, my final results. Okay. Yes, they will. Maybe I'll get documents or I'll not get documents. And for and so for all of this time you've been here getting. Was it like six months, like permesso di soggiorno? Si. So you have a six-month stay permit that you have to go renew every six months. Yeah, every six months. I have to go and renew before I get my documents. Okay. 
But that one, I don't, I don't work on that thing because I'm in a project whereby those people are responsible. When my things is expire, my six months is expire, I will write to them in a group chat. I told them my this month. They will tell me the weekday you are free. I'll tell them Monday. We go Monday, I sign and come back. The following Monday, I go. They pick it for me. Okay, it's and is now. that because of the employment contract that you have? Yeah, because of the due time I get. That's why. So because my 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 cooperative, they understand me very well. They understand me because since I arrived at that place, they told me that even now, when you meet them, they will tell you about me. Really? They don't well, want me well, to leave here. Why? They don't want me to they leave. They love you. No, because, you know, Your I brother. care everybody. No, no Bangladesh, no Arab, no. I care everybody. If you find me sitting with Nigeria, you think that I'm Nigeria. Me, I have a family, big family. I traveled before, you know, I know humanity, I know. Despite the hardness I get in the way, but so and and when you got there, how quickly? How does it work once you're transferred from Lampedusa to your temporary camp in Agrigento, and then on to Padova, and then you get here, and then what happens next? You go? Do you go immediately to Questura? Yeah, we came here for like uh, Friday. We reached in Padova in Friday, if I, if I can remember. So they. They told us that to take to go and take bath and refresh ourselves. We have breakfast after. They told me to sleep. They they saw me in my bed. They told me that here is your bed. They give me the one drawer. They told me that we will put your things here. They gave me two one towel, one teeth brush, <laughs> and then oil cream, little, oil. Yeah. yeah, they give me that with Get one shoe, open shoe, with one open shoe. So I signed the paper because anything they give you, you have to decide because. Those people too, they are working on that project, you know. Yeah. So you have to sign. So I sign the paper. They bring me everything. And and then when does it begin that you start telling your story about when you give the account of why you came? No, they give me a lot. I they give me almost I can say two months before they ask me about my story. Is that right? Yeah, they give me to relax, to feel comfortable. To, they always tell me that feel free here, it's not Libya, now you are free. They you said are, that? Yeah, exactly. They always, That's really when sweet. they see me, I'm sitting alone, they will come to me, what's going on? What are you thinking Libya? I said, no, Libya, oh. I forget about Libya. Now I'm Did in Did you Europe. ever talk to them about your story in Libya? Yeah, I talked about them. When they asked me before I should go to commission, you know, I have to make my story. First, they confirm, and then secondly, and they will give it to me too. I confirm that this is the thing I say. Maybe if there is a mistake before they will send you to Castura, they will tell me that this is a mistake and mistake. To correct the error. Yeah. And but the I meet a different, different person, different person, a different interview with different peoples. Can we? I want to. Can we talk about your story of why you left? Yeah, me I left due to some because, problem. Because you told me, and I want to make this clear for the people listening, is that you are one of the very, very rare few who have told me the reason why you left. Yeah. Most people, and this is also for the people listening, don't tell me why they leave because, and I don't ask, because it could affect your asylum outcome. 
Um, a lot of people leave war zones or places of conflict, or some people leave um, for personal reasons or for economic reasons. Um, and a lot of those reasons that don't fall under the category of war or conflict, a lot of the times means that people won't get their asylum case approved. They won't get a positive and get their documents to stay, right? So, so for that reason, I often don't, I never talk to people actually about why they left um, because my, my point has always been in those first days, especially like when I met you in Lampedusa, it was 12 days after you arrived that I met you. Um, that was, uh, well, when I'm meeting people there, it's 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 so it's so fresh what happened in Libya and that difficult time crossing the sea that I want to make sure that I actually am just sitting with you and giving you a moment to share, release this moment and for us to document it together. Exactly. You know, I want to give a bit of dignity just to uh, this very undignified journey that you had to take. So. And so for me, it's it, regardless of why you left or what happened, I want to greet you as a human being. I want to find you on the same human terms that I would expect to find for myself or to anyone else. So for that, I never ask why. But when we spoke last time when I came here to Padova, and I guess that was the spring of 2018, right? You told me and it was a hard story to hear. Yeah. Can I ask you about it? So, you left because you killed a man, is that correct? Exactly. Exactly. I involved in one problem, one, one, one problem with one guy about the lands affair of my father. Yeah. Your father. We get a problem. He start. He first slapped me with knife. I admitted at hospital for one week. He was detained at the cell. After that, they released him. So I, I said to myself that this is a loss to me because I lose a lot of blood in this case. It can't be like that. So this, so this person stabbed you. Yeah, he stabbed me in my legs, and then. They take me to the hospital, the police caught him, they detained him before they will release me from the hospital. And they and they held him just for one week in jail? In jail, yes. In, yeah, in and then jail. let him go free? Yeah. So after that, when I go home, they release him because, you know, Gambia, as always I, I used to say, Gambia is just like a, I can say, one room, one room. We actually have sympathy for each other, like forgiveness. Mm -hmm. When you done something wrong, people will come. When the police talk, people will come. They will see your family, they will see yourself personally. You cannot deny all those people. You have to accept some of them when they talk. You will say that I leave it. But for me, I told them that I leave it. But in my mind, sometimes if I sit down, I say that it cannot be like this. So you're saying when when this incident happened in the Gambia, like with when as the police got involved, there was kind of like mm. they kind of approached it on this very like personal level with you and 
your family and this and his family. Yeah. And they kind of forgave the situation and released him from jail mm. and this didn't set right with you? Yeah. Yeah. Still from there I feel very pain, Pamela, if I can tell you that. Physically or in your mind? Yeah, it's because if I can tell you that snaps, it's got me very, very seriously. So it affects my work. Because at that time, I cannot work like normal person. So after that, you know, you will see the same boy in the street pro provoking you. Sometimes you see yourself that this guy, let me pay back. Any, 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 any repercussion I get, I face the consequence of it. So you got angry. Yeah. So you get hungry easily. So we meet in the nightclub. One fine day, with this boy and with my boys. We have a pool and pond over there. We start fighting and everybody despite. We go, some, some of my boys police cut them, some of his boys police cut But me, I escaped from that. The police cut most people, but you got away. Yeah, I get away. But I used to go and visit my boys at the cell because they detained them almost, I can say, three, four days before they released him. Because I'm the cause of the crime. And what happened after after that? He was provoking you at the club. He's yeah. there with his friends, and you're there with yours. Yeah, when and you start that, I told my boys, let's forget about these guys. But one of my boys is there. I say troublesome too. So you then your he friend find was them on their table. Okay. He find them on their table. He asks them. They say that why are you asking us? You are sitting there. We are sitting here. We are laughing. Why are you asking us? Right. So the problem started there. And then what happened? Did you leave the club? No. When we are fighting, we know that me, we, me personally, I know that the police must come there. You know the police are going to come to a club. I know that 100% the, the owner of the club will call police. So where did you go? Me, I escape. I take one taxi. But hold on a second. What happened inside the club? The club was a heavy fight over there. Some were wounded. Even they were not involved in the problems. I mean, did you have a weapon? What happened? No, it's only that uh, sort of uh, glasses and the orders. So there was like a, a like a piece of glass from yeah, like a bottle? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And what, and what did you do? <laughs> For me, yeah. Me, I involved in a lot of things there. I involved because I fight with my hand. I take one beer, that small one, I break somebody's head. So, and then I know that the problem is going to be too much. And the following week, the fight starts. So, so that was just the start at the club. That wasn't the. That incident. was the second fight. Okay. And the third fight starts. Okay. After there is one lemon ceremony over, where I stay and the boy, you know, we are not far from Ikora. So he came there too. That's the place I stabbed him with knife. I lost. And did you know you would run into this person? Yes. The person, when he saw me, he know that today I'm ready for everything. He know it. When I'm, when I'm talking to him, facing him, he know that today I must do something. Because by that I have knife. You had a knife? I have a knife and I take it out. And I will not put it back again until I, I pay back. And you did? I did it. I, I did it. And after I run, I regret. 
why I do it immediately because I don't have that heart. Why? I regret it on that time, that night before I leave my country. Did you know he did, he was dead when you left the scene? I snap him one day, like in the evening before night he gets died because they call me because before I travel before I leave the country. In fact, it was I can say. It was early in the morning, if I can remember, like early in the morning, I, you know, when I run from my second, I went to the capital, you know, the capital, there is a ferry who is crossing another side of the river, but that ferry is normally, the first trip is six o'clock in the morning, so I make sure that six o'clock find me on that place, so I get bought on it. And I use different, different, a different ID card when I'm coming. I don't use my ID documents. I use somebody's document. Where I sleep, he give me his documents. I use it to cross the border to Senegal. And you knew at that point you can't go back to Gambia? No. So, and when you got here, you, you told the police what had happened? Yeah, when I, before I reach here, there is a case on, even they detained my father over there. So your father was detained back in the Gambia for In the this. Gambia for, for, for my case, for my case. My father was detained in Gambia for maybe I can say three days in the jail for my case. And after release, I was in Libya, they asked me your father was passed away. Your father died? Yeah, even I'm in Libya, my father died. I don't see him. I don't. No. So, this is a strange situation for me because I've never, as far as I know, sat across a table from somebody who said that they killed somebody. But it's normal, Pamela. But it's, you know, you know me well, as it's a personal, not, you know, you know me yeah, as a personal. But you know, I do, sometimes, and this is why it's complicated. Yes, yeah, sometimes you may find yourself in a, some uh, problems whereby it's not your intent and it's not your character. Somebody so hunger can lead you to the frustration. Me, I'm not a killer. But at the same I time, I involved in a certain fight. I'm not a killer. You, it's it's. It's hard to it's hard to, to digest know. that though, you know what I mean? Because again, I do know you one to one. Yeah. And I know how you are yeah. in the world here. I know how you were when I met you in Lampedusa. Yeah. And it's I would don't look at you and say, That man is a murderer. Yeah. But that is what happened. You did kill this person. And when you told me before and I think I already mentioned this to you. Exactly. I mean, it frightened me. If I? It frightened me. Mm. No, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. I, you know, I told you my story already. And what is the... What was the response of Italy? Yeah, they know about my story. They know and, about my story. And, and what was the response of and the judge and your lawyer and no you know you know sometimes these people they may judge you as a killer 
But sometimes they will not judge you. They will, they will think that these people, they came for the documents, not for the story they are telling people and the, their country where they are is different. You know, sometimes you have two uh, different, different, different sections over here. When you go there, they will interview and the other one will interview. They will be the same. Right. They yeah. have to make sure they're consistent stories. Exactly. So then I guess what I'm hearing is like when you, what you're saying is that there will be or there and there has been so far a kind of forgiveness in yeah. from the Italian authorities because they understood that perhaps the actions that you took in the Gambia when you killed that man were a product of that environment yeah 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 they know that already but it's normal no you may involve us you may see yourself in different Modes. You find but yourself that, in different yeah, ways of behaving. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you are a murderer. You know, sometimes you go to prison without doing no problems. Maybe somebody's problem can cut you in prison. But when you when you go to prison, people will classify you as a bad guy, whilst you are not. And the same things happen to this thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Like murder. If you if if your story is murder, it's too complicated. It's too complicated to understand. But when you know the African society too, when you know African society, that's those things, what people are saying, is all about the truth. Because you see it like the lands. My father lands, your father lands, you start pulling. The tribal conflicts exactly. between lands. So you start, you see the fight. So started. the fighting is, so, is really common yeah. where yeah. you're from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, so it, when somebody is killed, it, it's not yeah. a mark of a sociopathic, exactly. psychopathic yeah. murderer or something, is what you're saying. Yeah, because in our country, the biggest case is the murder case. Is the what? Murder case. You kill somebody. It's oh. the biggest case. Right. Like, you can go for prison for life in Yemen. You can go for prison like minimum 15 years, maximum 30 years. You understand? It's the biggest case so far in our country. Maybe in Europe, I mean, it's, 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 it's different way. It's a lot different. Yeah, it's, it's different. a lot different. And that's why, I mean, I really want to talk about it because I know that when people are listening to this, they're going to, because they're from the places that I'm from, mm -hmm. even if, you know, I mean, I'm American, but even if somebody from Europe is hearing this, culturally, we're, sim we're more similar in that way. Yeah. So I know that they would have the same question of how can you how can you feel safe next to somebody who killed somebody? Somebody, exactly. But I want to say first of all, and this is what's strange for me in this experience, I'm sitting with you right now, mm -hmm. and I'm not afraid. Yeah, you're just you. It's just me, Babu. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this it's a hard, it's a really complicated thing for me to deal with. Yeah, I, I want to be really honest with you that. I care about you as a human being. I care about you as the person who I've known for these years. And I, you know, but it's, it's weird for me to know somebody who did that because the first thing you think of is, well, if he's capable of hurting someone else, is he capable of hurting someone else again or me? again? <laughs> you know? nah, 
no way. <laughs> no way. I mean, but you know, but you know, I just want to say it out loud because th- that's what people are going to wonder. Yeah, yeah. I I told you that already. Because to kill somebody, that doesn't mean that you are a killer. You can be involved in an accident killing. Why you don't intend to kill person? But the person, me, I want to revenge back. I don't want to kill him. I don't intend to kill him. And why? Can, and, and the question I have too is, you could have said anything you wanted to the Italian authorities here, why you came. But you told the truth. Yeah. Why? Hmm? No, because... Only truth can set me free. That's principle I get. The principle I have, what I have done, that will set me free. Whenever you will understand it or you will not understand, but I'm telling the truth as I am sitting. I'm telling the truth, my story, that I don't this, but I regret it from the day I done it. And then even, it will take time if I go back to my country, I will put my shoe, I go to those compounds, their family, I, I give, I, I apologize them for forgiveness. You want to confront them yeah. and apologize? Yeah, one day, yeah, I will do that. I will do that. Yeah. I will do that. Wow. Yeah. I have that heart and I will do it. Nothing can stop me. Wow. Yeah. So if I go back, even when they are angry about me, there will be a little little bit of release from their minds. But when they are seeing me every day, they can kill me. I'm not safe in Gambia. So, like I was... I was asking you earlier too about what it's like to remember those moments in Libya, being in a place like this green, sparkling, nice park in Padova. Like, how does the memory of this killing of this person stay with you, too, yes. when you're here? Do you still think about it? Yes, still I think about it. And I, I still pray for the passion. I still pray for him. You think of it every day? Yeah, every day. When I'm praying, I still pray for him. Yes. And I beg forgive from the Almighty Allah. I want to bring it back to you because this... Because you've not chosen a, you've not chosen to lie. No. You've chosen to be truthful. Yeah. Even when the truth was painful to you, and even as I've just expressed to you, exactly, even gives me a moment of pause and fear. Even though at the same time I have that sense of fear, I also I'm looking at you. Yeah as just the person that you are to me and so I I feel you know I feel fine it's you know there's this contradiction and I feel like you live with a lot of those contradictions having to show your you know live as yourself just as you are the person who you are is as Babu, yeah. but maybe if people know this piece of your history, then they see you differently. Yeah, but you still have to keep up your identity as Babu, who's not the, not a killer. No, no. We also have Babu, who says he doesn't encounter discrimination and racism very much, because you have a community where you work and where you live that yeah. keeps you kind of sheltered from that. Exactly. But when you come out into the greater world here. Yeah. You do experience that. Yeah, I do experience some of 
the racism acting. And they will not say it by the mouth, but they will say, they will show you in your eyes that, yeah, they are referring to you. I don't know if I've talked to anybody else who has been so, um, who's talked about all of those different layers of things with this much complexity, to talk about the contradictions. Mm. And I think that's where a normal life actually lives, is in these places of contradiction. You know, people have conflicting emotions all the time. Yeah, it's normal human thing. It's normal human thing. For and and just to conclude, let me ask you a couple of very concrete questions. What is it that you need right now to what? live the life that you want to live going forward? What is it that you need that you don't have? At this moment, I need documents from the Italian governments because I'm working already I'm working already I need only documents I'm paying my tax every month so Bravo. me Italy is my country <laughs> and um, and what would you want to say what do you want to say to the people who are listening about who you are after telling all of these really complicated, difficult parts of your history. What do you yeah. want to tell people about you? I will thank them for listening to me live because, you know, without you, this cannot be possible. This cannot be possible. I will say big thanks to you to for us, yes, the lady of my, you know, I can't, I can't describe you because without you, this cannot happen. This cannot, but Have because of your goodness, that's why me, I always come straight forward with you. Yes. I mean, it's an honor for and me the listeners to, to, talk, to talk to you. I thank I you. I thank them very well. I am the same Babu, committing the same problem. But now, maybe in, 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 in my story, you see it in a different way. But when you meet me in a personally, you know that this guy, he involved in himself in a problem whereby he's not his acting. Well, Babu, thank you for always trusting me with your story you're welcome because it continues to get more complicated as time goes on doesn't it yeah no problem you are welcome so i thank you and um and thank you for this day to meet again thank you very much too <laughs> thank you thank you for listening to open encounters from migrants of the mediterranean you can follow migrants of the mediterranean on instagram facebook and twitter if you like Open Encounters, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Open Encounters is produced, written, and edited by me, Pamela Kirpius. Editorial and outreach by Nick O'Connell. Music by Giovanni Escalera. To read every story and to donate to humanitarian storytelling, go to migrantsofthemed.com. That's migrantsofthemed.com.